0: Hey friends, Dan Schreiner here with the Disciple and Podcast. Often on Sunday evenings or even in Sunday mornings, we pray for someone we've sent out from us to go do the work of the gospel. Uh, one of those friends is Stephen Brecker. The Brecker family is very dear to many of us. They spent some time with us after Stephen did the pastoral residency a few years back. Now he serves as the pastor of Chapel Church, the Chapel Church in puyallup washington um you know this is an opportunity just to hear a little bit about steven and how their church is doing you know in those brief updates on sunday night you get like a two or three minute clip of just very broad strokes so i thought this would be a good way just to get to know steven a little bit better since he was in town for the Simeon trust workshop so i hope you are encouraged and enjoy listening to this episode All right, Stephen Brucker, welcome to the Disciple Hinson podcast. Thank you. It's you told to me you told me months ago, keep doing this podcast. I did. So, thank you for that encouragement. Little did you know that that was going to lead to me inviting you to join us here in the studio. We've put our lunches to the side. They look delicious. We're, we're smelling them. We're in the middle of the Simeon Trust Workshop. You've come down with some brothers from your church. Right. But we want to hear a little bit about you. Um, I would think that most people listening know who you are, but uh, refresh our memory and introduce
1: yourself uh, to those who do not know you. So who are you? Yeah, I. I um, my name is Stephen Brucker. I was a resident, a pastoral resident, I think it was five years ago. If sounds right, it sounds we'll right. Go I it. was with Jeff Wolstenhume, Bonden, Austin Davis, and myself. That should make four. What a great class! I, I I think that's right.
0: Yeah. And did you guys do anything crazy during your your residency? We what, did. You do like a, a resident trip? Did um, any good stories from
1: that pastoral residency class? Uh, I'm certain there are, that whole season was a little bit of a blur. Uh, um, why was that? Uh, or was it blurry? Oh, um, it, it, it was, well, I, I do remember one story. I remember, uh, we went, I think the entire staff went to the beach. Yes. And, um, I think Austin had never been to the Pacific ocean, the Pacific ocean. So he went swimming and little did he know that it's colder than, the atlantic ocean
0: yeah yeah he was pretty pretty chilly so that's the story that's it's a great story i think austin told that story on this very podcast episodes ago he did and um so it's but, not my
1: story well you verified i it, watched though. it
0: it's it's true i it's watched a true it I story. laughed it was very enjoyable yeah. as we sat uh yeah. warming ourselves yeah we played a lot of ping pong to who is to the best her. ping pong table tennis player in your class that's certainly me yeah yeah, you. How far back do you stand from the table? Well, I have a twin brother and grew up with the ping pong. Oh, uh, okay. So, and who who wins between you and and twin Steven?
1: Oh, definitely me. Okay. Yeah. Are you guys identical twins? No, he looks more like you than me. Oh, weird. It, <laughs> 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 we are fraternal twins, so uh, he's my womb mate. Okay. So, how where does he live? He lives in Seattle. And where do you live? So I live in Puyallup, and I'm pastoring a church. So. I was doing the pastoral residency and a man came in and sat, a pastor in the Tacoma area, sat in on one of our discussions. Little did I know he was retiring and he was checking out Hinson and looking for his replacement. And based on one of my papers and a recommendation from Michael, we started a conversation, which then landed me at the church, when he retired, I took over as a senior pastor. The name of the church is? The name of the church is The Chapel Church. And it's in Puyallup? That, and you said it correct? I've been working on it. You, you have, uh, yes, which is a bedroom community of Seattle. It's also a suburb of Tacoma, so I live a three-minute drive from Tacoma. How long have you been pastoring this church? Three years. Have you always wanted to be a pastor? No. No. So that didn't start in the womb with your womb mate? Uh, no, um, went to college. Um, actually my, uh, three of my best friends all said we were going to be doctors. Two of that one's a medical doctor. The other one is a where'd you go to college at Seattle Pacific university. Uh, and so we, we all decided we were going to be doctors. I spent a year thinking, oh, I'll go to med school and do all my prereqs. And I realized chemistry is really hard. <laughs> So I transitioned to English lit and Good wanted to be man. an English teacher. That was, that was the dream. And, uh, kind of in a miraculous way, came to Christ halfway through college. Uh, yes, I, I, it was miraculous, like well, in a it, unique it, way. Is, there, it's, it's, it's kind of a funny story, but, uh, I went to a Christian college, not being a Christian, knowing I wasn't a Christian. And at that point you had to actually write a testimony. And so I had to kind of research what a testimony was. So I wrote a fake testimony so that i could get into seattle pacific because the girls were really cute that is the legitimate reason why i went there
0: and where where are you growing up as you're looking at i'm growing SPU? up in eastern
1: washington in
0: spokane okay. And okay so um so catholic family i grew up
1: catholic and you see uh, how i stereotyped spokane just like that you, you did yeah. you did yes yes we i grew up in a kind of a german catholic family my parents were both professors, so you went to college. They were at Eastern Washington University. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh... So, you write, you find this, uh, you steal
0: someone else's testimony, you submit it to SPU, basically,
1: basically. <laughs> and
0: then you're and accepted. I
1: get in. I, I get in. And uh, was, was it worth it? Uh, it was... Uh, well, I met Christ halfway through, so... Um, and that's, that's a story. For you went time. looking for cute girls and instead you found Jesus. Yeah. Actually, uh, as a freshman, I prayed. I believed that there was, there was a God, I was scared of him. And I just mm. said, I'm going to have four really fun years. Stay out of my way. God, that was literally my prayer. And wow. God did not listen to my prayer. So he did not stay out of my way. He uh, blew up my life. And, uh, did he I, use an individual? Does
0: he, did he use a ministry? Just the, just <sighs> the Bible, uh, the whole
1: spirit, <laughs> uh yeah he used all of that but okay. the short of it is i i my twin brother and i all, uh-huh. all, we both loved the same girl was it, he at spu he was not he was at Gonzaga. okay and uh his i i got her it was his prom date i got her was she her. also a
0: twin no okay oh no, yeah i wish uh, yeah, and it, it
1: wrecked out. our friendship me oh, doing man. that and then she, when i was her date at her sorority dance at the university of montana she dumped me in and went after another guy. And that was my, I had everything and I lost everything in one sorority dance. Wow. And thought, okay, this isn't working. And so in I just said, all right, God, I'll give you a chance. And in God's providence, literally the next day, a guy in my dorm room said, hey, do you want to join a Bible study that I'm leading? And I said, yep, I'm giving God a chance. And that was it. He just started pouring into me. That's how it began. Wow. That's a, yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. And then from,
0: did you see your life pretty dramatically change there in college? Like, did you start like going to church, reading your Bible, uh, even, um, discipling others in college?
1: Yeah. So so then this guy who was, um, a member of a church, uh, he started discipling me. Uh, you know, he, he one time he pulled me aside and said, "Hey, we got to have a uh, conversation about um, getting you baptized." And I told him, "Oh, I am already good. Um, I already did that <laughs> as an infant." That. And he said, um, "We're going to have another conversation." So we had a Bible study, and then he would we would go to University of Washington and do evangelism. And so he just I just assumed that that's what everyone does they they read their Bible at six a.m. He would invite me to his room and then his apartment. So it was about a year or two where he just really poured into me within this local church that he was a part of and yeah my yeah i started uh going overseas on short-term mission trips and And
0: this whole time you're still thinking i'm going to be an english teacher you're just following jesus as but absolutely okay absolutely okay so when did that change happen when did you start thinking hey maybe i want to pour into people like this dude's
1: polar what was his name uh his name is noah noah fletcher and um Uh, I was set to do Teach for America, I thought, when I uh, finished graduating. Uh, uh, And then uh, my senior year, I spent the summer in West Africa, and I preached a sermon in Sierra Leone, and it was the worst sermon ever. And I got back, and I thought, I want to do better than that. I mean, it was really bad. Like, I'm certain angels were telling God, like, dude don't let him (laughs) shut him up like it was that bad uh and and i thought that was really fun and so i just thought all right maybe i want to do the ministry thing and i loved my christian college and thought maybe it would be in the context of college ministry college ministry of of some sort and so parents were professors so i was like oh you just go to graduate school so i just went to graduate school and i only knew of three seminaries in the entire world fuller Mm -hmm. Um, that's where my pops went yep uh and then i knew regent okay um, being from seattle yep and then i knew western because someone gave me a book from a professor and so i started dating a girl who grew up in portland i was wanted to propose to her and marry her who i subsequently did and her name was lisa and is lisa that's exactly right Uh so then i was like oh no brainer i'll go to seminary down in portland and so
0: you started seminary, um, right. at Western, where were you going to church in Portland?
1: So for, uh, f- uh, four years we were down here and we were at Mosaic in Northeast, uh, early on with the original kind of church planter. Okay. I was there okay. so before Tim came. Okay. Okay. Tim came at the end right as we were leaving.
0: And you and Lisa get married while you're in seminary. That's right. You start a family, start a family. How many kids do you have now? We have four children. What are their names? Uh, Sadie Calvin Graham
1: Whitaker excellent that's right
0: and uh so you're did you enjoy your years in seminary
1: yeah I, I I did I was I was that guy who had who didn't know anything and uh except ping pong except for ping pong uh oh yeah um and, <laughs> I didn't and know you were anything. a bad preacher D- didn't know any didn't know anything I remember the first time I saw Todd preach uh, a sermon expositionally and thought, I don't even know what he did there, but that was something else. Something else is yeah. like in a good way in a good, in a wonderful way. Huh. Like I, I can't put my finger on what he did. Uh-huh. Um, to, um, I remember we were having a class discussion on elders and I just assumed they were talking about old people. Sure. I was just that green. I had, didn't know anything, but it was just all wonderful. And it just exploded my mind and was really grateful for those three years. And what'd you do after seminary? Then we came down. I went on staff with the navigators and came down to Oregon, yeah, Oregon yeah. State. We went down to Oregon State University in Corvallis and did campus ministry. And at that point, the navigators were only focused on fraternities and sororities. And you were in a fraternity when you were at SPU? No, there's no fraternities and sororities. Oh, so, okay, okay. Um, and so uh, one of the strategies that the navigators had is they would place uh, staff in fraternities and sororities as house parents. Uh, and so that's what we did. Lisa and I moved into Sigma Phi Epsilon and spent two years, including one year with our daughter living in a fraternity with 85 men, just doing Bible studies and, uh, evangelism and trying to reach Greek students for Christ. Any funny stories from those two years? Oh, I I could be here all day. It was hilarious. Uh, so, um, but at the end of the day was Sadie like the mascot if you come to my house to this day we have a picture of uh you know 120 85 lived in but there's you know 125 members and there's a picture and it says house baby and there's a picture of Sadie with like house mom house dad and so yeah it was just it it really was a fun it was heartbreaking at times and it was sad and it was glorious and we saw fruit and saw people come to Christ Mm. and it was just a really fun two years, because I think in some sense seminary really was helpful. But then I remember the first time uh, the director said, hey, uh, why don't you go teach this person how to read their Bible for themselves? And I, and he looked based on that, based on the kind of look on my face, that I had no idea. <laughs> and so he goes, you've never helped someone like, l- know how to like read the Bible for themselves and I was like I've never done it so then he goes great just watch me do it and so he just pulled me aside so I got some really helpful tangible practical discipleship tools alongside this wonderful seminary education I remember you saying
0: I think it was when you're a pastoral resident in terms of when you're just asking questions about discipleship you making the remark that sometimes when you don't know what to do, like where to dig in in someone's life, or maybe it's not out of ignorance, but you're like, just have a quiet time with them. Just like open the Bible and uh, read the Bible, talk about it and pray. Um, and I, for some reason, when the way, the way you said that and just the way you broke it down just simply really struck me. Um, is that what you were... Uh, did that start to develop during those years and as you were doing ministry or was that, did that kind of come later as you were a pastor?
1: Uh, I I think the seeds of that were definitely there. Mm. So just, uh, you know, being trained in the sense of kind of the rhythms of navigators, it really is, they say, uh, connect relationally, open up the God's word and pray together. That's Mm. it. Just as simple as, as that. So that's kind of what we did.
0: And, Uh, do you still encourage that method even today as a pastor? When you're like, people are kind of like, how how do I grow as a Christian? Like, how do you, what's just like a couple sentences that you'd
1: say to them in terms of what to do? Well, I don't know if this is directly answering the question, but I I think sometimes when we use the word, Oh, this person's, Oh, go and disciple that person. People are like, that just is, that's really, really scary. Right. I don't, I I I haven't been to seminary. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I want to just say like, Oh, this is really, really simple. Just Mm. what do you do in your quiet time? uh You do these, just do it with someone else. Just connect them to God's word. Talk about apply it to your life. That there's a simplicity to how we can do this or read a good Christian book together. And so, in many ways, the seeds of what was going on there are blossoming more in trying to create a culture of that in the church. Mm. That's great. Um, you're you're probably sitting there, Stephen, because we were
0: kind of doing this podcast impromptu, mm-hmm. um, wondering what the point of this is. But this is really, I think this is encouraging. The point of this conversation, and maybe even our listeners are wondering. So what what are they talking about? I thought it would be helpful to hear how the Lord worked in your story. So a chance for people to get to know you, and is but then when you. Um, first started uh, encountering some of the things that Hinson really believes in. So like you're here, you mentioned Todd the first time you heard him preach an expositional sermon and how how that really struck you. Um, you, you talked about in seminary, learning about elders. These are things at Hinson that we're known for because we're kind of weird in this way, in, sure. the, in, the, in our culture, to be talking about these things, uh, like elders, like expositional preaching, uh, like we're doing here at this workshop. So you encounter those things in seminary. You're all about discipleship and coming alongside uh, young people there with the NAVs. Um, but then when I first met you, uh, at least the first time I remember, we we were sitting down in the offices where First Images now of the annex, right. yeah. and uh, you were serving as an associate pastor, and mm-hmm. we just connected over being associate pastors. Sure. Uh, you were serving at the branch in Corvallis. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you go from kind of a parachurch, like serving in a parachurch context, to now you find yourself serving as a pastor of a local church in Corvallis, like? um was that an intentional move or how did, how did that happen
1: yeah um i i was only on staff for 3 years with the navs and i about a year and i realized i just think differently and i wanted to do um even campus ministry but do it in the context of the local church and my story is i didn't grow up in the church so i grew up well, i grew up in the church right i grew up in the roman catholic church <laughs> and and so though you know, reading books, doing seminary, all those sorts of things, and then doing tangible discipleship. The idea of what a healthy church looks like, uh, even what a, a not healthy ch- church looks like, like that was, I, I just didn't grow up in that context. And so then I'm a member of a church, became friends with Josh Howeth, and an opportunity to plant a church in Corvallis came up. And so he asked if we do it together. And so I served as the associate pastor there for um about five years and i realized personally that i mean when you plant a church you don't have a lot of time to make sure your ecclesiology is straight you're really just building this thing in the air really and so i i use the frame of it just felt like i was theologically duct taping things together and throwing darts at a wall and hoping things stuck Hmm. and uh and you know, you you start something, and then you're like, that didn't work. And then you kill it, and all these sorts of things. And one, I, I was, um, I asked, uh, I think it was five or six members about to give me some feedback as an associate pastor, which is a wonderful thing to do, but it's a terrifying thing to do. And one woman said that, as it relates to how I was leading, she felt like uh, she was a victim of change, not a participant in the change. Hmm. And I remember thinking. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Cause I have no idea what I'm doing. Hmm. And our conversation that I remember is I reached out to you and I sat in your office and I go, I don't really know what I'm doing as an associate pastor. No idea. And I said, I don't either. So <laughs> I <can't see> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> and, and so then we went skipping down, and had lunch, <laughs> and, yeah. and hugged yeah. it out. And, <laughs> and so I think one of the things that I wanted out of an experience, like doing the residency was just a. A, a, a slowing down to think through how all these pieces go together theologically so that the next pastorate I was in, I wouldn't have to be thinking there'd be lots of things to be thinking about lots of things, but not like polity, not mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Oh, the, the connection between membership and discipline and all those sorts of things. Those things would be settled and hopefully Lord willing implemented and I could put my energy in other things so that was just really, really helpful. But I'm telling you, the sell for the residency was a rough sell for me. How so? Well, I remember Josh brought it up to me because Michael brought it up to Josh. For you. For me to do the residency. Yeah. And I remember the cell I gave to my my wife because I had I was almost finished with my doctoral ministry. Uh huh. And I thought, okay, I'm, thirty three, thirty four have a house that we bought with our right next door to a, another elder, one of our best friends, you know, our kids are running back and forth from, you know, this hole in the fence. I had the church that I loved that helped plant. Uh, we, we had a salary. We had, um, roots. Our kids were in school. And so my selta, to, to Lisa was how about we uproot our entire life, sell our house for five months. There is nothing afterwards. That i know of it's promised there's no promise yeah. after yeah. that we're, we're gonna make a fourth of what i was making or something maybe yeah. it was a fifth nothing, of what hardly ha- hardly nothing i have yeah. no idea where we're gonna live no idea how we do schooling with our kids yeah and i have no idea if hinson is even a wonderful place to to be for this ne- upcoming sure. year i've sure. never even attended a service at hinson uh wh- why don't we do that and it's funny because i i it was the worst marketing sell pitch a husband has ever given to their wife and i remember my wife just turned to me and she goes no i'd be open to it and i was trying to i was hoping that she'd say heck no yeah yeah and that's when i knew oh no Uh oh
0: here here you come here
1: we go so so
0: you came what and uh i mean you did you did know you wanted to be shaped in terms of your ecclesiology, thinking about polity, thinking about things like membership, thinking about things like discipline and what, uh, what a pastor and an elder is to be about. Um, you, so you left that, uh, pastoral position at the branch. You came here, you spent time with those dudes you mentioned earlier when you weren't watching Austin run into the Pacific ocean, you were reading right. books, right. writing papers, hanging out with us, thinking about these things probably more than you ever thought you would, and uh, what was maybe one or two uh, takeaways, something that you took away from your time with us?
1: This is probably not the answer you're looking for. I'm not but looking I'm a... for an answer. Uh, we we were I was I was exhausted. So Josh was on sabbatical that the summer before. Um, I was, I didn't know it, but I was just really tired. So when people talk about how exhausted the residency was, it was not exhausting at all. I had no responsibility. I was just reading, writing papers. Uh, that's, uh, it was that's your sabbatical. Season. It felt like a sabbatical. Wow. And so, but, but my family was moving and my kids were having a hard time in that transition. So, yeah. Okay. I remember when we moved, uh, I didn't, couldn't find my, like we were packing up the last of the house and putting it in the van. I couldn't find my daughter who at the time was eight and she was in the driveway trying to unpack it as she was bawling. So that's, that's, that's what we're leaving. And one of the things is we just felt really loved and it wasn't, who is this person? It was quickly folding us in to the life of the church. Um, and just doing life together, having conversations, um, encouraging my family speaking in to my family and so many people did that and mm-hmm. so we just very much felt cared for so you know after the residency I just I, I got a job at Multnomah University and I just thought like we're just here like can mm. like, provide for my family I'm not uh, like I'll, I'll be in I, I assumed I'd be in pastoral ministry at some point but I was just like it, it'll come when it comes because we just felt uh, a, a joyful encouraging welcoming um, Christ honoring community here and uh, was just really thankful for that. Like so, it was so good for my wife, so good for my family. And I can't imagine doing all the work if my wife and family weren't supported in that way. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Steven, I could talk to you all day long. Um, those were, you guys were here how many years then? 10 just months, 10 months, not even a full year, no. but you guys invested so much. It felt like in relationally in the life of this church, it felt like you were here much longer. And we really appreciate the the updates that we get from you of how things are going there at chapel church. Um, We're basically out of time. You and I both have to run off to our small groups, but what are um, I have? uh, This is so as PK calls it lightning round. So we'll do lightning round here, but they're pretty substantial. They're not like, what is your favorite color? But uh, what, what are just a few bullet points of things that you're excited that you see the Lord doing at chapel church that encourages you as a
1: pastor? Uh, I'll, i'm just gonna give one okay great. because um, it's a, uh we have a a situation in our church that is just a really really complicated uh mess with sin and um and the congregation and it could go a lot of different ways it's just one of those things that i you could you almost wouldn't believe me if i told the whole story but the encouraging thing is to see how our church has responded hmm in grace and loving a particular man in our church hmm. and like just pursuing. Um, and, and, and so, so that's just really encouraging. Just seeing the church, uh, step up, pursue someone, um, encourage them and, and, and be gracious and and gentle in how they are pursuing a, a, a brother who, um, was steeped in some sin.
0: Mm, so mm.
1: that, that's just really, you know, that's really, really encouraging. Yeah.
0: So, uh, you told me a little bit about the story when, uh, I came up and visited you in your office briefly a few weeks ago. And it's just so, uh, there's so many opportunities, uh, for the devil to get a foothold mm. when a member gets entangled in sin and knowing how to respond to that as a church, um, in a way that is, that is wise and loving and gracious and yet firm. And, uh, so thankful to hear how the Lord's preserved the witness for himself in the midst of difficult times. How, how's your family doing, Stephen? How's Lisa and the
1: kids? Family's good. We are not homeschooling this year. So our kids are now in, um, private Christian school and that's its own transition. So, um, you know, just driving a lot sports, uh, I just think she's exhausted with, this new season sure. in our lives. Yeah. But yeah, yeah th- things are, things are good. Praise so, God. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, Stephen. maybe just one or two ways we can pray for, for you and the chapel
1: church. Yeah. Um, you, you can pray. Uh, we are going into a season where uh, I know it's still COVID stuff, but, but, but life is getting a little bit more normal with kind of the old rhythms Mm -hmm. and uh and there are still some people who um we're trying to track down or who aren't as involved. Mm -hmm. So pray for wisdom and um gentleness uh as we pursue those members. Um and um Mm -hmm. you just pray for the the elders and for the for unity. Um and I think many of them are exhausted Mm -hmm. um, by this last couple of years. And so just pray for them. Will do. Stephen, yeah. thanks for having this conversation. Yeah, Very
0: encouraging. Good to see you. Good to see you too, Daniel.